0: This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Downloading.
1: Today's podcast is about the rise of startups dedicated to women's health. But let me first shock you with the kind of comments we get at the doctors. The comments are Were you up to some mischief? You're not maintaining sufficient hygiene? Are you married? What does your husband say? What will your parents say? I think it's a weight issue. You do not want children? Why? You want only one child? Why? And now you will probably understand why there are about 40 startups founded between 2018 and 2021 which realized there is a need for sensitivity, empathy, and non judgmental attitude in a doctor's chamber where one is at their vulnerable most. I'm Devina Sengupta, and you're listening to The Morning Brief. To know more about these startups dedicated to women's health, I spoke to Achita Jacob, founder of Proactive For Her, a digital health platform for women, and E.T.'s Indulekha Aruvind, who tracked the rise of these companies and their increasing popularity. Indulekha, it was a very interesting story that you wrote about how suddenly we are seeing a lot of healthcare platforms dedicated to women mushrooming in India. And this is interesting because all of us have gone to doctors and at times faced judgment. And it's not just only gynec related problems, but when it comes to even lifestyle issues where doctors have to comment, then there's been a slight judgment attached to our lifestyles. What do you think the trigger was in seeing so many healthcare platforms dedicated to women come up?
2: This was clearly a space that needed to be tackled because, as you very accurately said, this is something that all of us have gone through either personally or through people we know. And not just that, there's also data to show that women's healthcare, both uh, historically and systemically, is something that's been neglected. And when it's not, the focus invariably tends to be around uh, maternity and child care. Whereas obviously women's bodies, women's needs are not always the same as a man's. So there needed to be solutions uh, that are specific to women. This is a space that, uh, as with many other things in the startup ecosystem, began developing in the West. And that's now starting to get uh,
1: reflected in India as well. The word femtech is attributed to Ida Tin. Who founded fertility tracking app Clue in 2016 and came up with it to help male investors talk about female focused products?
0: We built an app where you can track your menstrual cycle and you can also track different symptoms that occur and get an insight about how it changes and how they change throughout their cycle. And you can use these insights to improve and adjust ways that you. We built a website that should become a one stop shop for menstrual health information. We're trying to give people the power that comes with understanding their own bodies.
2: Without menstruation, none of us would be here.
1: And while Clue is all the rage in the West, where do the Indian counterparts stand? And what made someone like Achita not go for a food or tech startup,
0: which would have been far
1: easier path to follow?
0: one of my big aha moments way back in 2017 was that you know the issue around healthcare for women is not just clinical it's also cultural because the first step towards actually getting treated is to go to a doctor and to fundamentally believe that your health is important and what we would see with dialysis patients in their 40s 50s and 60s women uh, with families wanting to save money for their families and not really coming forward so and myself, personally, um, I thought that I was the one in my friend's circle who didn't quite have the best access to doctors or wasn't quite proactive about my own health. But again, the ball dropped for me when I was sitting in Harvard Business School. I was talking to all of these wonderful women from the best institutes and the best corporates across the globe. And a lot of them actually had very suboptimate or sub- um, disappointing experiences with their clinical journeys and it was something that made me realize that across all boundaries we see that women really have not come forward to ask for help or not found platforms where they can ask for help.
1: What did you realize the customers wanted? Is it the cloak of privacy that is missing between a doctor and a patient or is it just a judgment factor or we need someone to keep prodding us telling us that, okay, you know what, I understand this is your financial constraints, but your health is important for the benefit of your family in the long run.
0: One of the most common things I heard while I was speaking to, especially Indian women sitting in the US is when they went to doctors in India, they would almost never been asked if they were sexually active and instead were asked if they were married. And it seemed to me there was so much unnecessary taboo and stigma Around something as simple as being sexually active or something as commonplace as premarital sex. And while certain subjects raise eyebrows in our
1: society, even polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS, which according to reports affects 20% of Indian women, are shrouded in judgment. Take the case of 40 year old Nandini Sharma who was suffering from PCOS, and this was her traumatic experience at the doctor's. Before I uh, was able to conceive, I was
2: going from corner to corner, trying out different gynecologists who could give me a solution. And I've experienced being scolded, chided, shooed away from the doctor's office, that first go, lose weight and then come, and then only I'll see you. The lack of that compassionate approach actually prolonged my treatment. I was very quickly put on pills, which uh, unfortunately had a reverse reaction in my body. I put on excessive amount of weight. You know, my plans to start a family were further delayed. It was uh, only much later that I came across a good person, a good medical professional who guided me on how the situation is not
1: to be feared. And it can be managed. Nandani is not an anomaly. There are several women who have spoken to us about their traumatic experience at the doctors or regarding an illness which is as common as a PCOS. There are success stories like Veera, which has raised $3 million from Sequoia surge. And proactive for her, raised seed funding from Nexus Venture
0: Partners. Women want to trust their doctors and also want their doctors to be friends. So if your doctor begins your consultation with, are you married or are you unmarried? You immediately know, you have a little bit of a red flag saying, this is probably a doctor who will probably judge me if they know I'm sexually active before marriage. So we try really hard at proactive to make sure that we're asking the right questions, we're explaining why we're asking these questions and creating a safe space for women as soon as they enter a consultation room.
1: Indu, There was a very interesting quote from a Frost and Sullivan report in your story. It goes, uh, femtech startups are treated like stepchild of digital startups. Could you throw some light on this, please? What the analyst
2: was trying to highlight here was, you know, the disparity, the huge disparity, in fact, which exists between digital health investments in general and the investment in women's health. So what Frost and Sullivan was saying is that of the total funding in digital health from 2013 to 2020, it's about seven years, women's health got just 3%, which is, you know, it's like a drop in the ocean. And of that 3%, the majority, uh, about 65%, went towards fertility, pregnancy, and maternity. And that right there is the problem. Firstly, women's health tends to get the short end of the stick. And when it doesn't, it becomes focused on childbirth, maternity, and everything related around that. I mean, this year, as we know, it's been this crazy year when it comes to investments, so many unicorns being created. So, up until August, around uh, 20 billion had been raised uh, across around uh, more than 500 deals. But according to Traction Data, Femtech startups raised just about 6.7 million dollars which is again nothing
1: actually and also again taking a line from your story uh i think you mentioned how women's annual medical expenses add up to around 500 billion globally and only an estimated four percent of healthcare r d is targeted at women's health issues and this is according to a report by capital markets tracker pitch book when you say four percent of healthcare is only dedicated to women and within that space if everything goes into family planning methods and uh, you know maternity that means other areas uh, pcod pcos stds any other kind of the so-called taboo subjects I don't think they have any takers.
2: Yeah, that's true. There's a report by the George Institute for Global Health, uh, the India chapter, and they said, and I quote, a depressing fact in the Indian healthcare system is the remarkable lack of any data that can provide any level of gender-specific analysis of disease burden. So I, I think that that could be, in fact, a good starting point to tackle this problem because unless we know the size of the problem, we
1: will not have a better idea on how to solve it. When you went to pitch for your company to investors, now while customer traction is building up in these femtech platforms, was it difficult to get the
0: investors' attention? There was not so much judgment as there was probably an unwillingness to appreciate how large the market is. I think a lot of Folks said that we were looking at a fairly niche market. Now, how can um, a company that's targeting 50% of the population be niche? Is something that I can't possibly understand. The other reaction that we also saw was a lot of unawareness about issues that are actually quite common amongst women in India. And I think PCOS is now more talked about than it before was. But definitely, other issues around sexual dysfunction, for example. One of the most popular programs that we've been running at ProActive is around vaginismus. Vaginismus is a condition where women are unable to have penetrative sex. And in a country like India, where you don't really have sex ed, there's so much of cultural shame, taboo, and stigma around you know, sexual pleasure. Women are not really coming forward to talk about sexual dysfunction. And we've had over 350 women completely organically register for our program. And that's been a great learning for us in terms of understanding how under the carpet these issues are. So very interesting. And how do you plan to take this ahead?
1: I mean, are you now confident enough to, let's say, raise another round of funding in the sense, you see, okay, you know what, you all thought that this is not going to increase look at the expansion, look at the number of cases we have, look at the number of
0: customers I'm
1: getting. If you could throw some light on the customer traction of platforms like yours.
0: Absolutely. I think we've seen a lot of organic traction and only recently started in investing in inorganic ads as well. Um, but uh, I think the space is right. We've had a lot of investors approach us for the next round of funding as well. And we're very excited. We see this happening sometime soon. All of our doctors are well-trained, queer affirmative body positive. And that's where we see our traction coming from in terms of both our own patients coming back to us. One in three patients actually come back to the platform in the last six months, as well as our patients referring their friends and family to the platform.
1: Indu, uh, the fact that platforms are becoming so successful now in the last two years, actually, this is the second year of pandemic, we have seen lot of us latching on to the digital platforms to discuss our health issues and not just COVID related. How different will platforms like Achita's and other femtech startups that you have spoken to in your story, how different will they be?
2: So, I mean, the differentiator for these platforms is that they are targeting women right the fact is also that these the the platforms the femtech platforms that offer virtual consultations have definitely benefited from the pandemic as well it's something that investors also mentioned that it has acted as a kind of tailwind for their growth because because of covid we've all got more comfortable and more used to the idea of doing virtual consultations although that said entrepreneurs including Achita have Mentioned that they will be looking at a model of possibly of combining both offline and online. Absolutely, Hindu,
0: uh, Completely
2: agree. Now, see, remember,
1: even a couple of decades ago, women's health in India meant family planning and mother and child care. Because when the mother is and this of both And the child can be itni si baat ki itni si goli maladi bas jab bhi aap maa banna chahein iska
2: sevan rok ye hai surakshit ye aapke swasth aur bachcho ki khushiyan dono ke liye din mein ek goli aapke jeevan ko
0: ye maladi garbh golia. taki aap aur aapka parivar rahe khushiyon se hara
1: now we have ads about female hygiene products but they are not sufficient how exactly do you market to women and reach out to them, especially
0: those in tier two and tier three cities? To be fair, we haven't yet advertised to tier two and tier three cities, though we have done corporate events with a lot of multinationals in their tier two and tier three city factories with their employees over there. An important channel for these
2: companies is through social media, especially Instagram, to drive these conversations and to kind of organically, some of them get converted to paying customers. If a virgin, you use your menstrual cup?
0: Yes, if you menstruate, you can use a menstrual cup. It doesn't matter whether you're sexually active or not. Tip number six, I want to talk a little bit about vaginal discharge and I know it's very uncomfortable and irritating for a lot of people so if you do not like having discharge on your underwear even though discharge is completely normal, you can use panty liners.
1: Okay, finally I want to end the video by talking about two very important things that every single girl suffering from PCOS needs to know. The first, as I said earlier, is that this whole condition is not your fault.
2: In fact, another startup that I had spoken to, which is called My MyAva, had started off as an Instagram handle because the founder, Evelyn, was struggling with PCOS herself and she wanted to start something to disseminate information and it was kind of
1: like a passion project. And that became a company. Absolutely. Social media seems to have a larger reach than the regular channels of advertisements. And... Uh... My final question, Achita, for you is, do you have customers from, let's say, neighboring countries or outside latching onto your platform? It can't be easy anywhere, anyhow.
0: Uh, So Devina, we currently serve only Indian customers because of regulations, but we do see ourselves establishing ourselves firmly in India before expanding abroad as well. Thank you,
1: Achita and for this very interesting conversation. There is a Frost and Sullivan report that says although issues like uh, PCOS, fibroid and thyroid are often treated through medicines and surgeries, other women's health complications such as endometriosis, premenopause, menopause, mental health and pelvic health remain largely unaddressed in the brick-and-mortar clinics. And this is where femtech players in the country such as Neeramai, Pregbuddy, Cellus Care, Periwinkle Technologies, Proactive for Her, amongst others, will bring about the change. I'm Devina Sengupta, and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited and coordinated by Anjali Venugopalan. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the episode. Do send in your feedback to The Morning Brief at Timesloop.com and share the episode on your social media networks. The Morning Brief is every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice day ahead. All clips used in this episode are owned by their respective
0: owners. Credits are mentioned in the description.